This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another fantastic, unanimous Unanimous? I'll use that as a, any way I want, whatever part of speech I want. It is a unanimous podcast. Alex Barr, how are you? I was good until I started trying to have to thumb through the definitions of unanimous to Don't. try and figure out what context you were using this in. Nope. I'm j- I've added a new one. Okay. Unanimous podcast, Brad Shoemaker. Right, you know what? It, here in the United States, people going out there, voting this way, voting that way. Next lander, unanimous. Everybody wants it. One hundred percent of the vote. One hundred percent of the vote. Brett Schumacher, how are you? I am here to both advise and consent on what you may ask. Well, that's for you to decide. Fantastic, great, unanimous. That's what mm-hmm. I say. Any answer, any question, you can answer is unanimous. We are here. It is United States. Here is the day after folks have cast their election or their ballots in person, which means turn off all the computers, unplug, just hit the power in your house, 
Uh, if your phone's got battery, use it up listening to this podcast because uh, you don't want to be anywhere near that storm. No. My computer, apparently, or my router at least, tried to suicide out of existence to make sure I didn't read any of that stuff this morning because yeah. I had to literally factory reset it to get it to work again. The router's trying to look out for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got it your knows. best interest in mind. Um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about video games here today. We're going to talk about... Uh, <laughs> we thought we'd do something a little different this week. Yeah, yeah. we, we changed things up, keep it a little more lighthearted, and talk about some unanimous games out there. Uh, actually, very divisive figure out there, Sonic the Hedgehog. In Sonic Frontiers, we're going to get to that a little bit later. We're going to talk about God of War Ragnarok some more as that game either has launched or... No, I think it should be out pretty, pretty much it's in out. most territories now. Yeah, Saw some out. confusion out there of whether it was a Tuesday launch or a Tuesday midnight launch, uh, but it seems like most people who wanted to get their Ragnarok on day one now have some Ragnarok in their hands. They are now Ragnarokking. Did yes. You, did you hear what Kratos said on his radio show? Did you hear what Kratos said? Uh, Kratos wants all gods to die. Do you, Kratos this is Kratos' wants, is America. And wants to raise your taxes. <laughs> Kratos wants to kill Odin and raise your taxes. What do you, what do you think Kratos' politics actually are? Ooh, liber- like hardcore libertarian. That's yeah, very yeah. leave me yes. alone yeah. libertarian. Yeah. Sure, yes. My, my knives, my choice. <laughs> my blades, my choice. Uh, don't don't tread on me with uh, uh, your sandaled foot. I don't know. He's, this uh, ad paid for by Odin's uh, Leadership Council. <laughs> Uh, and we have Soul Stone Survivors. Let me say that again. Soul Stone Survivors. Bayonetta I, 3 check-ins and some Mario and Rabbids check-ins. Every time I say, every time I think or say anything about Soul Stone Survivors, I just think of Cold Stone Creamery. Okay, yes. Uh, you Have you survived your ice cream endeavor? It's an ice cream cone running around in an environment where all the kids are trying to grab the ice cream cone as you right. throw sprinkles and chocolate chips towards them. Give, give me give me cold stone survivors and then we'll talk. You play the entire game on uh, a freezing griddle. Yes. Freezing griddle. That's their uh that's I forget what the actual name for I'd that thing a, is. The cold griddle. Isn't it just a cold stone? I mean, there is a I think there's another version of it that is refrigerated that is not literally a cold stone, but okay. uh, there is a one that other kitchens use that is like a cold griddle. Okay. Or a hot stone. Uh, we're going to talk about all those games. We're going to touch on some of the news. Not too much news this week. We'll get in there. We'll touch on it. But it's first, I want There's no news happening. It's just games coming out. Yeah, just play some games. Yeah. Uh, um, I want to remind people that Extra Life donations for 2022 are still open, and you can do so at tinyurl.com slash nextralife. I'll say it again because it's fun to say. tinyurl.com slash nextralife. I want to thank everybody who has donated, everybody who's participated in raising money for Extra Life 2022. If you have not done so and you have the means to do so, again, tinyurl.com slash nextralife. If you don't know what Extra Life is, it's a charity that raises money to help sick children who are seeking medical aid or have to be in hospitals and it raises money to help not only with their treatment but in their happiness while they are being treated so consoles and stuff like that and entertainment for the kids you can watch us um go and stream from last friday we played mm-hmm. some final fantasy 14 we played some grounded and we played some jackbox with some friends jeff Bacalar, rich gallup joins us there who else was there dan reichert was there 
Um, managed managed to play two hours of Grounded and advance the story about 30 seconds. Yes, we geared up. That was a lot of gearing that we did. You know, it's hard because Bacalar had never played before, so had no gear. You had played, you haven't played with us in a while, Alex. So you had little gear. So, but we got everybody with canteens. And I got my ant armor by the time yeah. we were done. That's true. That's true. That is the story of Grounded. Mm-hmm. I haven't played much Grounded this week, so I won't be talking about Grounded. At least I thought I wasn't to going to, but now I had the opportunity to. There's the thank you. Anyway, go donate Extra Life. You can donate all the way towards the end of the year, I believe. And thanks to the Giant Bomb team also for raising a ton of money. If you want to join that team, you can figure out how to do that as well over at Extra Life. Search for Giant Bomb. We are part of the Giant Bomb team, so all those donations roll up into a mega donation. I looked at the leaderboards on Extra Life. Man, there are some people, there are some people killing it. Magic the Gathering, that team for like the Magic the Gathering team. I don't know if Wizards of the Coast is dropping in there with a couple of hundred thousand dollars, but like, good golly, Miss Molly. Here's a fun thing. A lot of people play Magic the Gathering. I think it's like the official Magic the Gathering. I'm just saying if you're joining that team, that's a lot of, I bet there's a lot of people joining that team. I wish I could bring it up right now. I'm going to see if I can quickly kind of look at it but that was like gosh i want to say the last time i looked it seemed to be closing in on a million dollars raised Hot damn jeez are they number one uh, yes know, they are okay. yes they are number one what, they what, are eight excuse me eight hundred and two thousand dollars <laughs> that is that's a lot that's a lot and but, but like the gulf between first and second is uh is quite significant so yeah um, you could go in there and listen. And we're again, not look, looking this to is raise all friendly a friendly competition. Oh, in the yeah. end, we're all raising money for a great cause. Doesn't matter really who wins in the end, because in the end, the kids are the ones who who ultimately benefit and win. But you yeah. know, it's always it's just it's fun. It's fun to see who can do who can generate the most. That's right. I'm like I'm very happy they have raised close to a million dollars. Of course, yeah. But of course, I want to be the team that raises the most. So, yeah. Who doesn't? That's uh, I'm not competitive in video games. I'm just competitive in charities. That's it. That's the that's mm-hmm. the definition. That's of charity. that's the whole point of charity yeah. is to be incredibly to competitive and spiteful about it. That's to crush your rivals <laughs> yeah. in the pursuit of uh, uh-huh. the common good. That's right. Giant uh, bomb team number four on the leaderboard. Ah, uh, sweet. That's great. That's fantastic. One hundred and twelve thousand dollars. No slouch. That Jeff is Bacalar, fantastic. Jeff Bacalar streaming as we speak. What's he streaming? Eternal darkness. Oh, oh wait, oh, that's, that's not game. for Extra Life. That's uh, well, it could be for Extra Life, but you embed your YouTube channel just on that oh, page, right, yes. or you're, sorry, your Twitch channel. Or yes, that is channel. that is going on their stream but, uh, page. Or their I love Eternal Darkness. Pargon, Pargon. Never played it. Oh my gosh, that's never played it. I'm not sure that's a game that would translate well to someone coming to it now in 2022. Yeah, that's that's always been my assumption. Like people talk about how groundbreaking it was at the time, which yeah. I don't doubt. But yeah, it was Pardon. pretty clunky in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, a lot of those a lot of those early turn of the century era games, notable in their day, and that's about it. I mean, if you're playing it and it has like. Um, GameCube reboot screens or whatever. Was it on GameCube? It was on GameCube, yes. Okay. Blue screens and lockups. The the kind of effects in it, the madness effects were fun. Okay, hang on. So is that just... Is Eternal Darkness just Psycho Madness from MGS1 turned into an entire game? Some of the best parts are. Spiritually. 
Yeah. Like, like just messing with save files and like pretend rebooting your console and stuff. Sometimes, sometimes it's like you'll walk into a room and all the enemies are sh- are like tiny or something for a little bit, or like your head just ex- you walk into a room and it's your head madness. just explodes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they do. They, there are some fun ideas in that game. They also oh, totally. Yeah. If I if I had been playing a horror game, when did that come out? Two thousand three ish, maybe. No, that was even before that. I want to say that's Wait, like oh one oh two. Really? That well, GameCube came out in oh one. So right? it might have been oh two. Uh, 2002. Yeah, that game oh, came yeah. out the. I knew that game came out before I started working at GameSpot because people were already talking about it a bunch. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I have no doubt if I played a horror game in 2002 that made it seem like it, the console had spontaneously bugged out and rebooted. Yeah. yeah, my mind would have been blown. It was well, it was. Uh, my mind was blown. It was good. I, I enjoyed but it for the time. The storytelling also was fun. In it. We we all have been utterly meta irony poisoned at this point. Yes, can't do nothing. It nothing can surprise. Um, Except the only the only thing that can surprise is like earnestness and sincerity at this point. And no one has ins- any of that left. I think Inscription does a pretty good job, but now it's like yeah, uh, um, yes, it, they take it and they do it with their own operating system, right? So right. they, they kind of do it. Yeah. I also think um, uh, what was the one that had stuff in the files that you could look up that everyone loved with the smiley skull skeleton characters um gosh tail something tail oh, oh undertale. undertale undertale yes they could that did fun stuff on the os level not quite the same as not not, not as tricker like yeah. as much trickeration but definitely a little bit of that yeah, yeah that, that stuff can still like the stuff that inscription does in that vein is amazing but you just can't fool the player anymore you know no. like nah. you, you always know that there's machinery grinding back there yeah doing something tricky yeah but you can you can still be impressed by it um yeah the majestic. Somebody boot up those servers again. I wonder. Inscription came out on consoles already, right? I'm pretty sure it did. Did it? I think it I, has by now. I could be wrong. I, though. I, I would. Yes, it, it did. Okay, um, okay. God, when did that happen? July? No. It was sometime this year. A lot of that late game stuff that game does to mess around with you at a meta level is very PC specific. So yeah. I wonder how they adapted. So because it's not like you can look up files. Maybe maybe they have you pick from save games. On no, the console know. or something. I don't know. I wonder if they integrated some of the other stuff with the. I don't want to give away spoilers for it, but some of the. Yeah, I'll just leave it at the weirder stuff, uh, so people can experience it on their own because it's yeah. pretty damn good game. All right, let's jump into some games that came out recently. Let's say, you know, twenty twenty two at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start with a game that just came out. I just played some of this yesterday. Sonic Frontiers. Sonic Frontiers coming out on basically everything. If you own something that plays games in 2022, it's probably out there. Yeah, uh, although, I mean, I think the Switch release may have been symbolic. I haven't heard anything about it. Is it? I, it's, uh, yeah, okay. John from... John from Digital Foundry actually uh, street street date got broken on this game for a long oh, time. Like this, okay. this game went on sale a bunch of places like fairly early. He actually managed to buy a Switch copy last week sometime. Okay. And I don't think they've put up a full video or anything yet, but he pretty much said, like, if you have the option to play this on anything else, maybe <laughs> consider the anything else. That was the vibe I got when I went to that Nintendo preview event where they showed off Rabbids and Bayonetta and stuff. It's like, oh, we can also show you Sonic Frontiers. And they showed me exactly two and a half minutes of Sonic Frontiers running on a Switch. And I was like, oh, okay, this is I, I understand now why you were giving the shortest demo of this. So 
Sonic Frontiers um, officially released on the 8th, $60. Again, PC and consoles across the whole board there. Open World uh, Sonic. Open World Sonic. So it's not, I wouldn't say it's a looker. So uh, here's my 20,000 foot view of this game. I think I put this on Slack and I stand by it. Okay. If you guys, I have a terrible memory, but if you guys were like, no, 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 man, Sonic Frontiers was like the original open world game for the Dreamcast. You go, you don't remember. They're just, it's a remake of the, uh, it was a groundbreaking open world game. It was one of the first ones ever. I'd be like, oh, that makes much more sense for what Sonic Frontiers is doing here because it feels like somebody trying to figure out open world stuff in the early 2000s. Uh, yeah, like that's, that tracks. It's, it's amazing in some respects and bewildering in some respects. I, I have this theory, and you can tell me if, the, if you lend any credence to this or not. It's funny you mentioned the Dreamcast, because I think out of all the things that Sega does and all the teams they have and all the products they put out, no team has had a harder time getting out of the Dreamcast era mentality slash Game Boy Advance slash DS era mentality than the Sonic team. Because and is, this, yeah, is this pure Sonic fair. team? Yeah, I'm fair. saying purely Sonic team. Like yeah. I, I had straight up saw a tweet that was not super viral, but going around from somebody who seemed like a clear Sonic fan who flat out said like, yeah, Sonic, the entire franchise has been living in the shadow of Sonic Adventure shadow since 1999, specifically living in the shadow of that giant killer whale that yeah. jumps up and smashes the boardwalk. Like it's felt to me like they could not figure out a place for Sonic where there was not a console where he was the standard bearer for that platform. And everything they have done in the ensuing years has mostly been about them trying to figure out where that place is and mostly getting it wrong. And, and I'm not saying that is like a huge diss on Sonic frontiers by all accounts. This actually sounds like one of the most interesting attempts at anything they have done with Sonic in the last couple of decades. Yeah. Interesting is a word for it. Sure. I'm not I calling mean, it I good. I feel Look, like that's a little bit of a backhanded compliment. Yeah. Pat Patrick, Patrick used, I hate to just lift my commentary from Patrick, but he used the phrase fascinating mess on Twitter. And the more I play it, the more I can't deliver anything but that phrase. Right. <laughs> like, what is this game, dude? So what, what is this game? So this game starts off with Sonic and and Amy and Tails on the heels of Robot. I mean, I'm just going to give you what I think their narrative it's, is. Robotnik is trying to hack some ancient ruin or something. Dude, uh, they're dude, they're they're in the digital dream. <laughs> like they're in cyberspace. Like those. They literally those, call it cyberspace. The Sonic, the traditional Sonic courses that you spawn into from the open world in this are literally called cyberspace and. Like characters talk about, like, oh, I'm snoozing away in the digital dream. Uh, so and they, so he hacks it. Something goes wrong. Uh, Robotnik gets pulled into this, uh, this ruin of some ancient civilization, whatever he's trying to hack. Tails and Amy and and Sonic are tracking the Chaos Emeralds and uh, the Chaos Gems. Is that what they call them or Emeralds? I just realized emeralds. when I say Emeralds, they're all different colors, though, right? They're not all Emerald colors. Okay. Oh, now now you've got me doubting myself. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think they're I'm Chaos sure Emeralds they are a thing. I can okay. tell you that. I mean, back in the day, absolutely, it was Chaos, chaos Emeralds. I'm just, okay. I mean, in this game in particular, I'm, I'm now you've got me wondering, but I'm pretty sure it's still As emeralds. I said Emeralds, I realized, like, oh, I'm just, I just collected a blue and red one the other day. So, like, maybe they're, are they all Emeralds? Um, anyway, and they go through some weird, like, I don't know, Bermuda triangle and end up on this island 
Amy is half digitized or fading, like in Back to the Future. I don't know what's happening with her. There's this AI, uh, uh, like little chibi AI woman who uh, we're not sure where she is. She's been in some of the promotional materials for this game, too. Uh, and basically, Sonic is like, okay, whatever, man. I run fast. That's what I do. And I, just goes around running. I have not played a Sonic game in a while. Uh huh. Sonic's has voice. He, since they started voicing him, has he always sounded like Bradley Cooper? I can't tell what's going on here with Sonic's voice. I don't think it's a new Sonic voice, but I don't know how how not new it is. So my kids had two comments. One, my daughter said, this doesn't look good. because uh, She specifically saw the up-close uh, cutscene of Robotnik, and she was like, look at that wall. I was like, are you calling out bad textures at eight years old? Good for you. Um, <laughs> anyway, I was well. like, yeah, uh, she was Man, like, look at that wall. I don't know. Future, future game reviewer on your <laughs> yeah. hands. Um, and I don't think this game does look great close up, but I don't think no. you're supposed to be that close no. in those scenes. Uh, the other thing she said is, why does Amy sound more like Sonic than Sonic? And I was like, okay, you are clearly getting your inspiration for Sonic voices from either the movie or some other I, material. Dude, I, I th- this game would be significantly more enjoyable if they had gotten Ben Schwartz. Yeah, they, I mean, they, I mean, obviously that was not going to happen, but they should have done that. So I think Tails is the same Tails that is in the movies, the Sonic movies. I think it's the same voice actress. It, I, it, I believe that they did bring that voice actress over to the movies. So that's fine. I haven't, I haven't run back into Tails. I'm about, I don't know how many hours, but I'm, I'm a, like five maybe in on this game. And so far, this game is exactly what I thought it was going to be. It's running around this kind of larger open world and then instancing into kind of more classic Sonic courses. I don't know if you guys have gotten to it, but one of them was a literally a 2D course, locked 2D camera. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, so locked 2D camera. And I'd be curious what other people think or if you guys get to it. It's so hard to read what's happening on the screen. Something about the movement in that level is jarring like i just can't follow sonic on the level it's really weird it's um it's it's weird the game seems to run pretty much fine for me otherwise but sonic has weird move sets in this game that's all i guess that's the best way to put it he's got his typical run you can hold the right trigger to dash but he's got like a sonic kick did you guys unlock this yet if you haven't you just should Um, it's an air kick. You jump up and you hold left trigger. Oh, is that the one on the left of the skill tree? Yeah. Yeah. I I went the other direction on the skill tree first. You should really get that thing. It just obliterates any difficulty in the game. So there are certain, is there certain enemies you have to like those, those enemies with the little bubbles around them that respawn if you, if they hit you and it takes you, I I literally cannot kill those things. So you can run. Okay. So there's this, there's another special move in the game where you can hold down on the Xbox, you hold down Y and it makes a trail behind Sonic. And if you connect the trail, it causes special events to happen. Dude. And that causes some of those uh, electrified bubbles to blow off of that thing. But if you just jump and hit this sonic kick button, it just machine guns those bubbles off in like 30 seconds and he dies. This it's, is dude, this is such a strange game. I I scr- the that trail ability you're talking about, I literally screenshotted it on the skill tree because the description was so <laughs> hilarious. Like you're literally painting. Like you hold yeah. the button and when he runs, you're like painting a trail behind him into shapes and you basically have to enclose it into a circle mm-hmm. and then anything inside that will do something something yeah but like the <laughs> the description on the skill tree is like you know if you if sonic encircles if sonic encircles something 
in, inside this move, various things might happen. Like that's literally <laughs> that's literally the entire description is like yeah. something might happen if you do this. I'm like, cool, thanks. Like, and it's something kind of fascinating. does happen sometimes. It's kind of fascinating, yeah, because like you might be stuck somewhere, and then you remember you have that thing. You're like, oh wait, I should just run a circle around this thing and see if it does something. And like that's kind of neat, but it's also just like. It's so open-ended and weird as to be completely baffling. Oh, that's everything in this game is a bit baffling. Uh, Sonic has this weird, um, I don't, I let's just we ca- talked about God of War and the RPGification of most games and points. He's got this. He's got these numbers that you start off with, like one of ninety-nine in speed yeah, are, and defense and all these things. Attack. It's, yeah. it's four. It's four levels. It's. Well, so I've only upgraded attack and defense so far. I guess one of them is speed. speed I don't know and what rings. It's rings. Oh, right. Rings. Is that just your rings capacity? Yeah. So yeah. You, yeah. You level those up. So my son had another like great commentary. It was like, is this Sonic but Breath of the Wild? And I was like, oh my gosh. Yes. Like, you guys are good. Wow. Did you watch the yeah, trailer where they basically like, said it was that? Like, <laughs> oh, did they say that in there? Well, they don't say, use those words, but. I've been waiting for my moment to say that this game is basically like. If whoever was tasked to make this game played Breath of the Wild while incredibly intoxicated (laughs) and then tried to remember what they played and turn that into a Sonic game. So as you collect certain things, I don't know, I think it's a heart with spikes on it. Something's a seed. You turn those into this weirdo character and it gives you the choice of um, speed or rings. And what's the other one? Strength or defense? Yeah. Very much like stamina or uh, what's the other thing in Breath of the Wild? You get stamina or health, right? Who is that dude? That's the Hermit Coco, right? The Hermit Coco, and there's another you character. You gotta find the Elder Coco, who Elder I have not Coco. found yet. I mean, you're like yeah, the Hermit Coco is the dude who talks about the digital dream, man. But so you're you're straight up collecting little versions of those guys that are called Cocos, which yeah. might as well be Koroks. Like they look, they look yeah. very similar to Koroks, except they blend um, in with the background extremely well, and it feels like they are. It feels like a collectible that doesn't have a limited number but the way they place them around it feels like are these just going to spawn anywhere because these don't feel special when i get them also the ones you've already found will manifest randomly around <laughs> you at times and you'll see some you'll see them and you'll be like oh there's more of those i can collect and yeah. you run up to them and you can't collect them because you already have them but they're just hanging out in the world like the ones you can collect i think it's if you stand still yeah okay yeah. If you kind of idle, they'll like yeah. sort of spawn around you. It's just kind of confusing. Like, Instead of tapping his foot, they they spawn they, around you. They throw a bunch of shit to pick up at you right out of the gate, and like never, or they take forever to tell you what any of it does. And there's like, I'm not even that far in, and I've already picked up like eight different things that I've picked up numerous times. Like, what are those pink puffballs I keep picking up? I'm still not sure what those do. Are they the the hearts? Like no, Amy, the hearts, hearts are. The hearts are what you use to unlock Amy eventually, I assume, but they don't even tell you that until like an hour into the game after you picked up like five of them. So there's the seed. I don't know the colors. There's a seed. There's a heart with spikes on it. There's the vault keys you get for completing the digital yes, levels. There's, yes. There's there's portal gears. Portal gears to open up the cyberspace levels. The hearts for Amy. Um, the Korok little guys. The, oh, there's these little, um, um, there's your actual skill points that you get, which are the diamonds, the little the diamonds. Blue, yeah, like blue. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know the pink the, seed. The, I don't know the colors. The pink, the pink ones are pretty rare. They're on the like tracks. So like. There's blue coin. Like, there's purple coins, which you use to fish with big. Like there's like, wait, you meant big. Oh my gosh. Big is like, oh man, big. I don't, has big always been like oh my God. on a bad trip. His eyes are the size of saucers and he Uh-oh. just is like. 
Froggy loves purple coins. Man, if if any if anybody is going to be the harbinger of societal breakdown, it's Big the Cat. <laughs> Big the Cat is definitely on that DJ screw purple drank type shit. You oh know my what gosh. I mean? Big is weird, uh, and it's so inconsistent because Big is voiced. His mouth doesn't move, but he's his voiced. When you talk to the hermit, the hermit talks in like talk. But then there are lines for Sonic where Sonic doesn't talk. But then yeah. in the subtitles, they don't call out who's yes. talking. Yes. Uh, like the first time I met the the, the Hermit Coco, <laughs> I, I could not parse the conversation because I thought it was all him talking because they don't identify the speaker in what are text-only subtitles with no voice. It'll be like, it, the Hermit will be like, I need to get, you need to find my whatever that are scattered around. And then the next line, I'll just say, I guess I'll search around for them, bro. And it'll just be like, right. wait, what is, what, it, what? It took me an entire conversation to realize like, oh, they're talking back and forth to each other, but it doesn't denote that in any way. I'm like, who does that? Um, <laughs> who so does like, that? To keep with the Breath of the Wild metaphor, like the, the cyberspace levels which are just sonic levels they're just straight up linear quick sonic levels like those those are kind of analogous to the shrines i guess i would say in yeah <clears throat> in breath of the wild in that you load into them from the main world and like you earn stuff from them to help you upgrade and so forth um but the world also is just peppered constantly with little sonic course trinket things you know what i mean it's like yeah it's like that mario so game a little bit You've got your kind of lock-on homing attack, which works on enemies, but it also works on, like, bounce pads and, like, grind rails and, you know, the various tricks of the Sonic trade. Yeah. And I don't even know what to say about those things, because you don't really, you barely play them. Like, once you engage with one, you just kind of keep hitting the lock-on button to keep bouncing to the next pad. It's more like Sonic platforming. with, With, yeah, with the occasional exception of having to platform, which I've had, like, a terrible time seeing where I'm going to land as I'm landing. Cause it's not the, the shadow is very not obvious where he's going to come down. So I keep missing jumps. A bunch of those things just break. Like there's a couple right near the beginning of the game where like it kept flinging me off into the water and like forcing me to respawn just because I'd get to the end of this grind rail. And like, I wouldn't shoot right onto the next pad. They wanted me to bounce off of. There's a lot like of it, hitting the double jump and then the boost to get yeah. to the next ring and the rings. Everything launches you in kind of unpredictable. They have yeah. like seven things that launch you. Yes. And if you try to subvert that in any way whatsoever, it tends yeah. to just fall apart. Like the, the whole game feels like it's just kind of like on the verge of flying apart at any <laughs> moment. Yes. Um, it's like it's a weird fucking game. It's so weird, and the uh, and the landscape is like so drab. It's and so drab. It, it is dude. it is that original like uh, sneak peek we saw with somber music. You're just running around. It's so drab. <laughs> Chris Chris Person on Twitter described. He basically said like the first twenty minutes of Sonic Frontiers is basically the first twenty minutes of Death Stranding, except Sonic is there. <laughs> it's so like, weird. In a weird fucking, way, if you had changed the characters, like if you just took fucking Death Stranding guy and put him in this game and then put Sonic in actual Death Stranding, I think both games would be improved. It, it's I, I it's just, more like they it's more like Elden Ring crashed into a Sonic game. Like the like it's got this weird somber like it thing, really, with like ruins like, around and you know it's it's very it's very drab, very gray. They put their worst foot forward because the first like 30, 45 minutes of the game, it's like cloudy and raining and mm-hmm. just like extra drab. And then the sun comes out later and it's like, oh, there's a day and night cycle. Yeah, it's a day and night cycle. Like it, it starts to brighten up a little bit. But like I like I'm not asking for fan service at all, but I really think they should have just gone with the Green Hill Zone like 
checkerboard grass pattern on everything because that would have like I think that would address like 80% of my problems with the aesthetic of this game was just like just fucking make the grass look like the Sonic grass. Like why I, didn't you do that? Because it's I, so generic. I honestly think that it didn't do that. Okay. This is me. This is tinfoil hat stuff not supported by anything, but I'm sure this is reasonable. The asset generation at that point would have been too much. I mean, it's, it's a big, it's a decent sized world that it's, I've it's, explored it, so far. It, it's big, and the um the the terrain is very organic and uneven, and it would yes. have been hard to map a really uniform texture set onto that kind of terrain. Probably that like, has I'm sure to speed by. Even if you're doing yeah, blades of grass, this but, is all just mud but, and rock. Like, I mean, they could have made it look like anything. They just should have made it look good. Yeah, but that's I think that's and now it's my turn to steal someone else's quote about this game. But uh, Jackson from Abnormal Mapping, I feel like had a good thing where uh, they compared it to Odyssey, which they were not as fond of that game as as I was. But I also kind of understand where they're coming from. It all feels like content. It does not feel like game. It that's, feels like they filled it with content. Yeah, they did not fill it with like stuff that is actually compelling to play. That 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 is somewhat how I feel about Odyssey as well. I don't. I, I like Odyssey, but I, I do too. I do think it's. I do think it's like one of the weaker three D Mario's overall. But I. Um, but I'm Odyssey drawn- at least had a personality. And really this, like I'm Odyssey. not sure what well, this this game's personality is. Like some some parts of Odyssey. I mean, not to re- relitigate Odyssey here, but like pretty much all of New Donk City is incredible. Yeah, know? like some certain levels of Odyssey are fantastic. Like the ending, the last hour of that game is like mind blowing. Like the whole wedding thing was yep. just like I, I was fucking falling out of my chair. I but like there's, Odyssey, there's, but this there, is- there are some. Like, I mean, that's just part and parcel with, like, they made a game of ideas that they threw at the wall, and, like, right. some of them don't stick as well. Anyway, um, I don't know if this game will change much, <laughs> but I'm, I feel like I'm going to keep playing it because I need to see more of it, so but I don't know if I actually enjoy it. I, I'm drawn to it. I've played a bunch. They just keep throwing weird, but not weird interesting, just weird eclectic stuff in there that's yeah. just like yes like, it just feels like a giant grab bag of just shit if it, it's like a everywhere it's like a gary's mod for sonic like somebody just shot the sonic gun all over the map and like you, stuff I, happened you you must have fought one of the asura enemies or maybe it's the only one in the game i've only seen one i the big ones with the three the gi- arms the, the gigantic three-armed robot yeah. thing like dude what up? is that thing like i, I don't kept know. like it, it's just a giant robot that will slam one of its three legs down and like then sh- start shooting stuff at you. And you're supposed to dodge that and run up its leg, launch into the air and like hit it on kind of weak, weak spots at the top. Like that running up the leg thing kept just breaking for me and it would just like fling me off and the camera would like hmm. go nuts where I couldn't see what was going what are, on. What are you playing on? As I was getting ejected from that thing. So, uh, what am I playing on? Yeah. Yeah. What, what console? Uh, PS5. Okay. I'm playing on the Xbox. Um, I suspect they're probably similar. I don't know how the PC version's doing. I haven't had too many, like, bug out issues. It's just, I think I agree with you, though. It just feels like the whole thing is held together by, like, the thinnest of gravity. Yeah, uh, like, the the controls feel really weird to me. Super weird. The the camera, I look for camera adjustment stuff, and there's not as much sensitivity stuff as I would like. Like, that, everything about the way it plays just feels slightly off. They also throw a ton of commands at you. I don't know what, this is another kind of bizarre decision, but when you load into certain things, you just get locked into (laughs) this tutorial. Yeah. You just get locked into this, um, training zone, uh, until you decide to exit. And it's just like, you're just, 
they give you, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds to do a bunch of moves over and over again to get five check marks and then rate you on it. And they rate you on it. And I wasn't really quite sure the first time it happened. Like, do I just stay in here? It's the fucking weirdest thing. It's, 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 it's basically the Assassin's Creed. You can walk around and flick your wrist blades while loading thing, except, except it's actual moves from the game that it's like rating you on. It's like a tra- it's like a it's like, like a fighting game training area. It's an, in- it's an interesting kind of neat little way to practice some of the stuff in the game, but like on a console where the load times are now less than five seconds, like you don't even have time to do one of those moves before they pop up the like you can done. exit and go to the level you actually wanted to load into prompts now. Like it's just so weird. And and then those will happen. Mm. And I, I kind of I guess I appreciate this, but if you enter a thing, a zone, I'm sure you've gotten this too, where you're you're supposed to know a concept or they think there's a new concept like parrying. It'll be like tap D on the yeah. tap down on the D pad and you load yes. back into that thing, parry it. You know, it's like, oh fucking parrying, I did this already. Shit. And then you have to load back out of it. <laughs> um, which is just weird. But the they put you into that training zone thing is it every time you go into cyberspace i think it's every time you go into cyberspace they yeah. load into that training zone thing yes. and i'm like I'm a, do i get a reward for doing all of these do, does something happen why are we here should i just exit out as soon as i can it's so baffling i bring that up to say there's like a decent amount of complication in the movesets like you've got air dashes slides cancels out yeah, of air dashes stomps Lateral dodge back and forth. Lateral dodge back and um, forth. Spin gotta, there's, charge. There, there's a combo meter, and if you build the combo meter all the way up, you earn like a, a extra good attack. Yes, until the meter goes down. Not to mention there's a skill tree with significant skills on it that we talked about earlier where it's like, oh, now I can just do this sonic kick that is a machine gun kick over and over again. It's a ranged attack for Sonic, and it's wild, and it seems completely overpowered for where I am in the game. So the the core loop that I have gotten into with the game is you're there, I guess, to get the chaos, emeralds, gems, whatever. To do that, you have to gather keys by doing these cyberspace sonic levels, which are the traditional like uh, Green Hill Zone levels, so far for me at least. And inside of those, there are special achievements you can get that'll grant you a key. Do it under par, get all the red coins in a level. Um, I don't know, smell good when you exit, like whatever they are, you can get like up to four or five keys per thing. Each gem takes a certain amount of keys to unlock. Some take, I found one that takes like 20, but some take like one, two, three, four or five. You get the gem and then that kind of lurches the narrative forward a bit where you'll get, um, the kind of AI lady will come and you'll get a little bit more narrative. You mentioned Amy before the Amy thing is super weird because you get enough of Amy's hearts. You go drop them off to her. She's phasing out of reality. You drop them off to her, and she's like, I found this Korok, and it wants its, whatever we're calling them Koroks now. Oh, I found this thing, and it's, it needs to find its one true love. Oh, God. Um, and then you're like, oh, I thought I was going to bring you back to reality. Oh, no, we're not doing that. And she just teleports somewhere else, and you have to do, you're basically running side missions for her. And then you guys have to see this. The little Korok thing, one of them finds, it looks like a mother finds like a baby one and they smile at each other and then their souls leave their bodies and then they collapse and they're like, Sonic is basically like, what the, what the fuck just happened there? And Amy's like, I think they look happy. I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's so weird. It might as well be Elden Ring weird. It's really bizarre. Sonic being weird 
is not really the problem. I think, if anything, Sonic getting weird is probably the thing it needed most. I just don't think they were able to pull it together into something that felt coherent. I here. don't know. I'm strangely drawn to it. I'm the same. Like I'm, I would, I would have absolutely taken this over another by the yes, numbers. Like I agree the same with same that. 100 making. Like I, I need. Like I said, I need to play some more of this and see whatever other insanity is in there because so far I'm like I. I started to say I don't know how this got made, which is maybe a little extreme. But like the the pieces that make this thing up are just so messy. <laughs> like I'm glad they went for it though. Yeah, it's a big swing. It's so weird. The fishing is like really simple. It's just I'm just trying to think of the things I've done in it. I want to I want to know why you would pick anything but speed. Why would you increase ring capacity? Is it the more I. So when you top out your ring, when you fill your ring capacity, you get better speed. Like you get a, you get that blue trail, you know, like you can run faster and like better dash and stuff. But why would you want to, does it just make you faster? So so that's the thing. I was like, why would I want to boost my ring capacity? Because then it'll take me longer to get that better speed move. It must have, it must just be, it must be, um, the more rings you have, the faster you go or something. Maybe, Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. It seems like you don't know. I don't, I really, like I said, I'm going to go back to what I said initially. It really feels like the first open world game. Has, and there's an alternate universe where this was the first open world game and people were like, oh, wow. Like this came out before like uh, Mario 3D, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, wow. Is this where, this is the first 3D open world game. This is amazing. Look at all the weird things you could do in this game. It does not feel like an open world game in 2022. But I'm not. I'm not saying I hate it. I'm just saying I'm confused by it. And at this point in my gaming life, being confused is an emotion that is new, and that's great. That's fun. Sure. Yeah. Yes. It's like sure. Okay. You you've got my curiosity up. Yeah. And- I mean, eighty ninety percent of stuff coming out these days feels incredibly predictable to me. So it is certainly exciting to find something that you can't comprehend. Yes. Um, I mean, it does feel kind of post Breath of the Wild to me. Uh, it actually, like, parts of it remind me of Immortals Phoenix Rising, that Ubisoft Ancient Greece sure. open world game yeah. from a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, that was another game that just peppered its open world with tons of little challenges. Like, this has the same thing. Like, those little, they're not slide tile puzzles, but those tile puzzles where it's like a grid of tiles and some of them will light up. Yeah. And you have to find a way to walk over mm-hmm. all of them without breaking the pattern. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's how you unlock the pieces of the map, by the way, right. those little right. puzzles. They're not all tile oh, puzzles, but that's the, the map Dude, is a mess. The map is like, totally the- forgot. the map is like its own conversation. <laughs> like the map, you have to, you have to do a, a bunch of those little activities to fill in the map, but it's not like it M 31. Right. So yeah, all the challenges are coded with like M zero six or whatever, but it's not like when you do one of those, it just contiguously fills in more of the map. It fills in tiles of the map, like in a scattershot way where like, when you like it's hard to describe when you go to the map, like there are giant chunks, squares missing around where you are, where you just filled in. Like you have to keep doing those in an area to fill in more of the chunks of map around you. It's super confusing. It's um, weird, but, but, but yeah, it is, it is. Like Immortals is a game that clearly took after Breath of the Wild, and then this is like kind of like Immortals, where it's just like full of little puzzles, little things that exist in the world is is a cool idea to me. Like not having to load into a thing, just like oh, there's 
there's a thing that'll take me 30 seconds over there to figure out and do, but it'll be satisfying. You know, it'll be a fun little bite-sized chunk of game and then I'll run off and find something else. You know, like it does that. It's just that none of that stuff seems very well put together. Like, like it, it just, it feels like they had ideas and just could not put it together into a cohesive whole I, from what I've seen. I'm going to be, be very curious to see what my kids think about it when they play it, because I also don't think it seems, I don't know where the target audience is for this. Is it, is it my eight year old? Is it my 10 year old? Is it me? I'm not, is it everyone? I'm not quite sure. Like when they introduce the parry, the parry move is you just hold LB and RB for as long as you want and it will parry whatever comes at you. They didn't even tell me that there was a parry. They gave, they showed me that in the course of teaching me a different move. I forget <laughs> what it's called. It's like a, some kind of counterattack thing. You know what I'm talking about? No, I think, it, I think it's the first, it's the first story ability you unlock. You know, there's that column of three story abilities on uh-huh. the side of the skill tree. I think it's the first one of those. Oh, I thought that like, was the, um, is that not the, oh no, the trail is, the, is in the actual ability, right? The, I, think, I think that's right. Okay. Is Any, it, anyway, like yeah. they never even said, Hey, this game has a parry. I had to just intuit that from the tutorial for this other move that requires you to parry before you can do that move. Okay. Like everything about this game is just bizarre. Uh, but yeah, it's not a time parry. You just hold it down. Right. And like, it'll just block the thing that comes out. You can just sit there and wait for the thing to come at you, bounce it back, which is great. You know, like I've been playing a lot of God of War and there's a lot of really tight windows on parries on that game. So I'm like, this is great. I can sit here all day. This giant slow disc approaches me and I'll just bounce it back towards it. It's fascinating they tried something they really I mean, did yeah as as a person who does, does not need a good sonic game in my life like i'm happy that this exists yeah. so i can marvel at it like for people who are waiting for like the next great evolution in the sonic franchise like they might be kind of bummed but it's a fun thing to talk about yeah yeah um, all right should we move on from sonic frontiers yeah probably. well at least talking about it for now for now uh we're going to take a quick break here we're going to come back we're going to talk some more video games god god of war ragnarok soulstone survivors bayonetta 3 and mario and rabbits after this quick break stick around this week's show is brought to you by rocket money rad shoemaker alex navarro i bet you guys have subscriptions I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions, and at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to, I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything, to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> It's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. 
Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. All right, we are back. And, um... I'm going to do a quick update on God of War Ragnarok here. There's no spoilers. I'm not going to get any spoiler stuff. Um, but I have continued playing that game. I still really, really enjoy it. I saw, critically, people love this game. I saw a lot of super positive reviews, which is great. I think this is a fantastic game. I'm still not loving it as much as I loved the, um, when I say first one, everybody knows that. I mean, the last God of War. The 2018 one. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, you know. <laughs> I've like getting played enough now where I'm starting to get back on my bullshit with like, all right, you know what? <sighs> Maybe I'll get all the damn ravens. I'll collect all the. Oh no, here we yeah, go. Yeah, you know what? There, how many you ravens? You don't have could to do this. Uh, maybe I'll just go collect it all. You know, I'll take a break from the. You know, I've got, I got more of the abilities. I think I've kind of got all the abilities I need to explore now. I'm gonna go back. I'm just gonna go collect a bunch of stuff and search them all out. Also, I suspect what time is it? Yeah, probably like as of today, a minute ago. There are a billion guides out there. Probably for, for everything. Um, so I might just pop open one of those. But yeah, I'm still really enjoying it. I think narratively it's just not hooking me as much as that initial what is Kratos gonna do in this new mythology setting because it's just um you know, it's a little more familiar. It's it's weird because I'm kind of having the opposite response where I feel like narratively I'm a little more inv- interested in what's actually happening in this game. It's just that the the trappings around the edges of that are less interesting to me. And I think a lot of it is just the performances. I think I think the actors are they're so good. They're carrying me forward in a way that they kind of didn't in the last one. Not to say that I didn't like any of the performances in the last one. It just wasn't as the story itself was not as interesting to me. Yeah, this feels much less than the first one, like Kratos's story, and it's about the it's much more about the characters around Kratos uh, right. and their stories. And uh, you know that's that's also interesting to me. I just think. Um, I mean, I really like that first one, uh, but I, I still, I really like this one as well, but it's just maybe not hitting me as hard. I'm getting a little bit more used to my build now. I think that's a fair, fair term to say. That is a thing you can do in that game. Yeah. You have a build. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm getting more used to my build. I'm kind of reverting a little bit back to what I did in the first game, which is just chuck my ax off to the side and use my fists because that builds up stun meters very quickly. Uh, and I'm kind of building armor around that. Uh, I've got enough upgrades now where I feel a little bit more viable in a fight, and the options are opening up a little bit more for me as I get used to what combines well with other things, and, and that's more interesting. I do feel like they still throw too much at you initially to um, make the on-ramp smoother. But uh, I'm, I'm really interested to see what the general God of War fan base thinks of this one compared to the first one people who love the first one and this one um uh once everybody gets their hands on it uh if they feel like oh you know it's really good but i think i like the first one better or this just improves on everything the first one did i'm kind of curious to see what the general consensus comes out to be more of what the first one did more of war god of more god of yes i'm I'm curious to god oh my god wow Mm -hmm. how did nobody Hang on. I Somebody wrote in. that one. I need to type Someone that in. Someone must right. have come up with that by I now. I have got 
type uh, that into Google right now. Uh-huh. Uh, hmm. Let's see. Hmm, yes. Got the God of more than enough biblical prosperity. Okay. Oh, okay. That's, that's something that's else. That's what you meant, right? That was definitely uh-huh. what I meant. Yeah. Uh, I don't, you know, that that's such a, that's such a, like, such a generic phrase. <laughs> Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen. Yes, sure. Of course. There, some of you may have well used that phrase, but it's not surfacing among all of this other stuff. Okay. God of more uh, Ragnarok. What I, were you going to say? Wait, what were you actually going to I'm just, I'm curious to hear what you think of how it wraps up in terms of like, I mean, they, I guess they already said this is it for the Norse yeah, stuff. But, but how we get there is very interesting to me. Yeah, or, or, or more to the point, I mean, do they truly wrap it up or like there's got to still be some tease for something at the end of this? I've somehow made it this far without having any of that spoiled that probably has to do with my just never going online, really, uh, that helps. To, to look at that stuff. Now's not a good time to start if you're thinking about no, it. No, I think, I think not. Um, but yeah, I'm, I think I'm very close to the end. So in the tiers of things to upgrade, uh, like, uh, again, no spoilers here, but in like the axe tiers, like, oh, you can only get these axe upgrades after story beats. I've got one or two more to go. And, and, uh, I don't know if that means like the whole final act could be eight hours long. I really don't know, but it feels like I am, um, terms of upgrades and challenges nearing an end. Okay. Story wise. I don't know. Like I said, the story in this one is a little bit more scattershot for me and, and a little less, um, directed path, but, uh, yeah, fun game. Really like it. I like, I like it a lot. I'm going to keep going with it. Will I platinum this one? I don't know. I think people um, took some of your your criticisms from last time to think that you really weren't liking this game compared to the last one, and it just seems more like you loved the last one, you like this one. That's fine. Look, it's fine yeah. to be lukewarm yeah. on a game. I don't even think it's lukewarm. I think it is. No, like, it's just I just it's relative, you know. Like you um, just turn the burner on. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you've just had enough. You know, it's okay. Yeah. Like I, I, I just, uh, I think for me personally, that first one was. I think just a better experience in this environment, but, um, but it doesn't mean I dislike this game. I just, uh, I just, I don't know. I think, I think there is definitely a sentiment out there in some sort of fan communities that like everything has to always be better constantly. Yes, of course. Which is completely unsustainable. Or if you don't love it, then you hate it. Yeah. Uh, and, and like, like, that's not the case. I just, um, if I were to rank them, you know, there would be the original one and then this one underneath. And if I were, I, like I said before, like if I were doing my top 10 list now, I'm not sure where this God of war would fall on it. You know, it, it probably would make it onto it at this point. I'm actually liking it more as I go forward. Uh, but that's 30 plus hours in, and that's a long time to warm up to something, uh, or to, or to find its stride. You know what I mean? Like, um, that, that's a hell of an investment. If you're yeah. not, if you're coming to this one fresh, but I do, I do really like it. But, uh, um, and will I platinum it? I don't know. I could, I, I, I absolutely could see myself hunting down the last, what do I need now? 15 Ravens or so with a guide, because I don't know if I necessarily want to poke around every corner. No, shame. Uh, in no shame in it. No shame in it. Um, yeah, I, I've got other things that I'll probably pull together as a thought once I finish the game. And and because I need to see how things kind of wrap up, how the upgrades and armor sets wind up. If I wind up finding a build that I just go with all the time, uh, we'll see. We will see. God of War Ragnarok, fun game. Really enjoying it. In stores now. In stores now. A new one. 
that just dropped uh-huh. recently. Recently. Soul Stone Survivors. Now, nope. th- Cold Stone Survivors. Cold, Cold Stone Survivors. <clears throat> no. Um Soul Stone Survivors. So this Soul Stone Steve Austin. Brad, you had kind of brought this up as a uh, as a uh, vampire survivors like. It's yep. So survivors right there in the name. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're They're not not even trying. It is very much it's it's very much that, but it's filtered through modern video game. Yeah, like. It's a little more to, dual joystick shooter than I was. Uh, yeah, so there, there are two. There are kind of. I'd, I'd, I had two points to make when I came in here. Uh-huh. Uh, my fucking games media brain just has to like come <laughs> up with like, okay, what are the two things I'm going to say about yeah. this? Like, a, it looks like it's got that aesthetic that is somewhere between World of Warcraft and Fortnite. Okay. Yep. Like, which we need a name for. I feel like we need shorthand for like uh-huh. colorful, chunky. like a lot of a lot of primary colors, a lot of like not a lot of fine detail, a little cartoony. Yeah. Very bright. Flizzard. Uh, Flizzard. For, uh, fort. That's not the worst. Fort also, up. also a lot of loot colors. Like, all the text yeah. is very loot color-coded yes. everywhere. You know, let me say this uh, on the, that point. The way they use color in this game is very good for me. Like, the, whatever, whatever palette they're using, I can read very well. There are a lot of weird attacks that are red, yellow, green, like and, and gray and stuff. And they do a good job with the colors for colorblind people. So far, I've had uh, pretty good luck with it. But you're right, though. Like, I, I was, I don't think I was actively eating at the time that I started playing this the first time. I think I had a snack here. I don't, I actually don't normally eat while I play games at all. I kind of don't like it. But for whatever reason, I got kind of annoyed when I got into this and realized you couldn't play it one handed. No. Because it's not just vampire. Well, uh, to be fair, I, because I've had to start vampire survivors over like three times, I have not lo- unlocked the later characters. I don't know. Do those ever become? No. Much, much more mechanically complex. No, it, the, the the core of that game, no matter what character you unlock, is you are walking around and that's it. Still, still just WSC. Okay, yeah, so this game aiming. is... Never aiming. Okay, okay, so this game is fundamental, fundamentally different from the jump than from that in that it's still WASD movement, but you use the mouse. You don't click, but you just use the mouse cursor to aim your character. To direct. To, con- to control which way they're facing. Because a bunch of the abilities that you can unlock are facing abilities that go like forward or backward, depending on which way you're pointed. Yep. Which has kind of led to me not ever picking those, so I don't have to worry about the mouse. There's also a dash. Yeah, and there's dash. That's the other thing. Is that and and do you dash in the direction you're facing or moving? I, I think it's moving. Think I think you dash moving. in. The, yeah. So you can if you're if you're just going to do dash and passive attacks, you can just play with <laughs> the left hand. But, um. The other other way that it's like modern video games is there's a shit ton of crafting components mm-hmm. and there's like 14 characters even in this early access version to unlock. Mm. So it's a lot of like, I mean, whatever, Vampire Survivors is also a lot of grind to upgrade, right? But there it's just gold, right? Is there anything else? I don't know. I've never Alex, played, uh, I no. had so many questions playing this for Alex. The grind uh, the grind is there is XP for specific characters that will carry over time. Like, but that's stuff you really don't really start getting until very late in the game. Early okay. on, it is just you were getting the currency, the coins, and you were using that to buy upgrades that become permanent over time. But right. then there are individual character stats that can be upgraded by collecting these like golden eggs and other things throughout. Permanent, okay. Permanent. Those are permanent. They're okay. very small upgrades, but you can keep collecting them. 
And they're they're individual to the character. Those are individual to the character. They they affect the individual character stats. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so this this like right out of the gate, you're seeing a bunch of stuff you can craft with like six different color gems that you can collect. But the game has like five maps, and only one of them is unlocked off the off the jump. And every map has different mats, so you can't get all those mats until you unlock a bunch of maps to start crafting weapons and runes and stuff like that. There's just it's just a much more like robust or complicated, if you like, mm-hmm. sort of character progression than Vampire Survivors, I feel like. There is a talent tree also, but I wasn't sure if it was character-specific or universal to no, all I, the characters. I've unlocked the first two characters, and the, the skill tree is universal. Because it, it's it just universal. like, okay. it's just like more health, more armor, faster movement. Yeah. It's yeah, the, yeah. The, the runes, which I have not gotten any of because I don't have enough of those mats. Yeah. Or I don't actually even know what they do because I can't craft any of them yet. But I think the runes are the more... They might be character specific. Or I haven't more... done any of those yet. Yeah. I haven't done any crafting yet. I, I did unlock. What is it? The, um, uh, I was going to say arsonist. It's not arsonist. What's the second character? The fireball guy. Yeah. I forget what they call him. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a fireball guy. So I, that's the one I was able to beat the level on. So I did, oh. I did beat the level with that character. I wiped oh, I on not, the first character. I have not beaten that map. Uh, the first map, the desert map. Yeah. I beat that. It unlocks the next map when you beat it. And it's, um, it's, so, Alex, in Vampire Survivors, mm-hmm. there are in the okay. Let me say it in this game. Let me back up for a second. In this game, you have what, Brad? Is it five active abilities? I think it's six. Six. Okay, six active abilities and a bunch of passive things that can upgrade those abilities or other things like cooldown or or damage. Sure. But then, but then once you get your seventh active ability, you have to decide if you want to slot it into a previous slot and replace something. Is that like Vampire Survivors? There's no real slotting and replacing in Vampire Survivors. Like, every character okay. has one weapon and ability that is theirs. Yeah, that that's unique to this. It looks like a hotbar, but none of them are... A- you don't have to activate any of the abilities. They all proc normally or passively, but you can only have six of them at a time. So, yes, you eventually have to start deciding if you want to discard an ability to slot something else in, or you can... Upgrade Typically, them. if you if you... Well, or or if you get a roll, if you get a roll of of those abilities and you don't want to swap anything out, you can hit a button and just turn all those abilities into passive upgrades. Yes, which that's, I just when I get a build, that's what when I, I get a build did. going. I mostly just keep taking more movement speed and armor and yeah. Health. I so I guess that's what was going to be my question for you, Brad. Did you? I, and I guess the answer is yes. Did you wind up just being like this thing's already upgraded three or four times? I'm not going to dump it. I have not. Hmm. started to say I have not cared enough to pay that much attention. That's not true. Cause I think this game's pretty fun, but like, I just, I haven't, I haven't bothered to actually like eyeball what I have when I get more skills okay. for the most part. It's okay. like for the most part, I'm just like, eh, am I, am I steamrolling? Sure. Okay. I'm just going to take a bunch of passive upgrades. I'm just going to keep going with what I got. I well, on my first on that first map. I don't know if you ran into this, the, I died because um, the spiders came out and I think they webbed me and I couldn't get yeah. away fast enough. Uh, but but that's before I even realized that the dash has a pretty good recharge on it, and you can kind of just use it uh, whenever you want. The golem seemed to be a very good upgrade. I got that. There are some fun fun things that uh, uh, you swap into your character. Uh, the characters seem to have different stats. I'm sure that's like these survivor likes uh, the character. You know, like the first character seems pretty universal. The second one has less health but higher damage, whatever it is. Yeah, first guy. First guy is like a barbarian. He basically just spins an axe in a circle as his yeah. basic attack. But you can replace that. Uh, yeah, you can swap that yeah. basic ability out. They just treat it like another spell. 
It's uh, I I've had fun with it. Like it's, again, it's, I, yeah, I didn't play. Cool. So Brad, you're probably the one who's played the most of both at this point. Do you feel like it's different enough? Yeah, it's definitely different for sure. Like like I said, it feels more like modern video game, mm. but that whereas Vampire Survivors feels like this weird artifact that like fell out of some demo CD from 20 years ago. That's my feel on it as well. Like Vampire Survivors feels like it is dedicated to being one very specific thing and that thing is old but yeah. cool. Yes. Yes. Soul Sur- but- like like Soulstone Survivor seems like a modern game that is using yes, a similar thing. That's exactly what it is. It's cool. I mean, it's only 10 bucks. It's an early access like if you I I think there's probably enough differentiation there if you're kind of done with Vampire Survivors. Like you might you might have a good time with this. Or they if you also, haven't played one of these games, like it's it's a good place to jump in. I think they they also have a lot of status effects, which I couldn't really. Yeah, dude, like that's keep that in my of, head. That was part of the like looks sort of like WoW thing. Is that like late game in this? Like it's like you're playing a WoW raid by yourself, like. <laughs> Because they because they do put a status effect icons on every enemy for every status each one has. Yeah, like there will basically be probably hundreds of icons on the screen at one time. Like it's kind of wild. It's wild. There's a lot uh, happening, but that's the way these games go. I think. Yeah, it's it's, it's neat. They throw um, boss like mini bosses or, or bosses out at you in waves after you've killed enough yeah, enemies. They, they 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 will they spawn bosses aggressively, and I thought it was kind of funny that if you haven't the bosses take forever to kill, and if you haven't killed one. They're not shy about just spawning another one on top of it. So like, all of a sudden, instead of one health bar at the top, they just make room for two. Oh, that's yeah. brutal. It's, yeah, it's uh, it's it's neat. It's, it's neat. You know, I have like if you if you if you like got super bored of Vampire Survivors, I don't think necessarily this is going to do it. But it's more it's more, more kinetic. Of, it's like way more you know, with aiming and dodging. Yeah, it's it's definitely a little more active. Uh I kind of, I, I kind of enjoy the purity of Vampire Survivors. That's the thing, and I also, I keep waiting to get fully bored of Vampire Survivors. Like I've played it on and off pretty much this entire year, and uh, it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> and I'm not sure what it's going to take. It's the, it's the sleeper hit of the year. Mm-hmm. Last my simplicity year, is is really all you need. No, it, it just went into 1.0 like three weeks ago. Oh yeah. right, 1.0 right. Yes, yes. Uh, Soulstone Survivors, $10 on the PC. I don't know if it's Steam only, but that's, um, that's where I have it. Uh, Alex, any updates on Bayonetta 3? Yeah, I played a little further in. I'm, I'm, I'm a handful of chapters in now at this point, and I've kind of come to the conclusion that there's exactly two things I like about this game. I think some of the set pieces are really rad, and I think the combat is great, and I think everything else around the edges is, uh, iffy at best. Hmm. Um, the combat is great though. Like the, the combat encounters are still super fun. The combo system is still a ton of fun. I think the Kaiju combat when they go full Kaiju, like the uh, really big ones. We saw is, some of that. Yeah, yeah. That's not so fun. Looks cool. It looks cool, but it is slow as shit and it is not, uh, not a great time. Okay. But the medium-sized kaiju attacks, the demon attacks, where you're just kind of controlling one on the ground in the main battle arenas, that stuff is pretty fun. Okay. Um, it's just, the story's not really that interesting. Seeing the other Bayonettas die horribly kind of already feels like it's losing a little bit of steam for me. And it's just, it doesn't, I mean, it, by necessity, it has to be a Switch game, and I just think that's kind of unfortunate because it feels like there's a lot of stuff around the edges that feels very 
iffy. You know, like the frame rate, the the backgrounds, like just there's a lot of stuff in there that just doesn't feel like it can do what they want it to do. You going to keep going with it? Yeah, I'll probably finish it. It doesn't feel like it's going to be an extremely long game. I bet it's under 20 hours. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think if you were really, really anxious for New Bayonetta, you were desperate for that sequel. I think this game's a little bit of a letdown in some areas. But... You know, as someone who just kind of put Bayonetta on the back burner for years and did not like, I was like, ah, I'd play another one of those. I'm having a good time with it. I just, I think that th- they should not do another one of these until there is a more powerful console to put it on. I, are they? I, I, I don't know if they're going to do another one of these. Is that <clears> thing. I, I'm just assuming this is it for Bayonetta. I Between we- the drama with the voice actor stuff and you know, Platinum not exactly being in their best state they've been in in recent years. I feel like this is one of those things where, like, unless this game sells gangbusters, they will probably just keep it on the back burner until they need something at a, at a Nintendo conference yeah. where they're like, here's our big surprise thing. I, th- I think this this would have to seriously overperform expectations, probably, to justify any more Bayonetta based or, on numbers. Or Platinum gets bought. You yeah. Know, like, um, like uh, I feel like that's in today's age that's probably the more likely scenario uh platinum gets bots and um bayonetta maybe some rights thing will happen with bayonetta somehow with co-publishing where nintendo allows it to go to a different platform in some bayonetta trilogy pack that you you, you get finally you get bayonetta's other games on a pc or xbox or i mean that's a long shot probably but I, I would probably wind up playing Bayonetta 3 on the next generation of however Bayonetta comes, you know? Like, if it's yeah. on the next Nintendo platform as a trilogy pack with Bayonetta 1, 2, and 3, that's probably how I'm going to... Because, I mean, just Nintendo stuff just doesn't go on sale enough, and I feel like that's... For $60, I'm not sure I want to go in on Bayonetta 3 right now. Yeah. Um, Not to say that it's not worth $60, it's just that's not how I'm feeling for Bayonetta 3. No, that's the thing. If, if you weren't like all the way bought in on Bayonetta, I I don't necessarily think this is a game that is going to like rekindle your love of the franchise. From it hasn't even really done that for me. It's more just like I always really like the combat in those yeah. games, and I think the other two were maybe a little bit better about coming up with inventive set pieces and level design and other stuff. This one feels padded in some places with the 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 larger open areas to kind of explore. And I just I I think that they made some design decisions that just don't really benefit it. But it is still fun, is the thing, and it's it, the combat is just it. enough to keep me go- going. It's really not much of a looker either. Like no. watching you play it the other day, I was kind of shocked. Like some of those backgrounds are just kind of bunk. <laughs> like that really is how not, I put it. Not even like by switch standards, not very impressive at all. Should show it to my daughter. See what or, she I says. Mean, the texture trying to- judgment. <laughs> Yeah. You know, they're they're trying to keep sixty frames a second, obviously, so they've got to make compromises. But you know, uh, Alex, you've stayed on the Switch for a while mm-hmm. to play some Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope. Yeah, I I realize that I've been doing a bad job this year of uh, actually drilling down and finishing games outside of like a few exceptions, like Citizen Sleeper and and Norco. Um, and I was just like, you know what? What is a game that I like enough where I feel like there's enough momentum for me to actually try and finish this thing? And then somehow I managed to land on Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope because I put it down for like a week, but I had been kind of plugging away at that thing. And I'm like, what if I just tried to finish this? 
And so I haven't finished it yet, but I'm actually, I think I'm getting pretty close. Nice. I'm like near the end of the fourth world, I think. So are there like six? I don't, uh, I, I thought that I, I thought I remember seeing six. Somewhere. I think you're right. I think it is. I think it is six ultimately. Okay. Um, like it's five main ones and I think there's a sixth one, but, uh, I think that picking that one was probably a good choice because that is a game where every time I get into one of their main combat scenarios, I'm like laser brained, focused on having a good time. I think my only issue with that game is that exploring the worlds is not as much fun as I had hoped. Mm. Um, it's not bad, but there are quests that just feel like really dragged out fetch quests. Poking at all the different corners of the environment does not always yield something that really matters. Um, and I just I think the writing around the edges for that stuff is just not compelling enough for me to like really want to 100% every one of those worlds. Uh, but the actual main combat encounters, the ones that are not just like the randos on the world, like the ones that are either the dark mess levels or the, the bonus levels. Yeah, <clears throat> those are all really good. And the movement changes they have made and the, the stuff with the sparks over time, one, you've got a lot of sparks. If you are if you're doing any of the hunting around those levels, you will have a lot of sparks by the time you unlock all the characters. And mixing and matching them and upgrading them and trying all that stuff in those different encounters, it really creates some fluid and dynamic like combat sequences that I think are a pretty big cut above what the last game did. It did it definitely seemed like it's more ink encounter by encounter focus from the stuff I played at some point you're just being you're swapping out sparks to for a certain encounter yeah for certain encounters and also just like what feels like the right character to approach this kind of thing like am I up against a bunch of up close enemies am I going to want Luigi to sniper all this shit and like that dynamic like creating the t like the actual team makeup stuff with the sparks and everything else feels a lot more dynamic than what the last game had going on. And that some of that is just there are more characters, but also they've just found ways to build those out those combat encounters to not just make them feel like, here's XCOM, except we gave Mario a gun. Yeah, it's pretty prominent. Like, I don't remember the first game. This game feels almost class-based. I don't remember the first game being quite, going quite so hard in that direction. No, it's like... It kind like, oh, this of was. This character is... Like this character is basically your sniper, you know, this is this is the get up in their face character. This is the healer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They really flesh that stuff out here and it really does make your team makeup for specific encounters matter in a way that like the last game got difficult, but it wasn't because necessarily you were picking the wrong characters. It was literally just like you have to level, you know, to kind of get to where you need to be in those fights. Level does matter here. But I've also gone into ones where it's like, hey, this this battle's like a couple of levels above where you are. But if you have the right team makeup and you know what you're doing, you can still kind of shred through those if you're if you're thoughtful about it. And that's the thing. I think they've done a better job with the tactics here than they did in the last game. It's it seems like yeah, I want to jump back into it. It's um it's I also do feel like it does have a little bit of the last game's problem where it is maybe running a little bit long for what it actually has. Mm. Do you feel like you have any more characters to get or, or big? I'm not sure. I, okay. it, like I got Bowser and I'm pretty far into world four at this point. Uh, okay. But I, I, it's, I will say rabid Rosalina might be my MVP in terms of characterization. Okay. Her abilities are fine, but also she is a depressed hot girl. 
in sort of the lumpy space princess kind of mold. <laughs> okay. Uh, like she just drags her arms around and never really moves them. And she just looks like she's constantly put upon by everything. Do have you gotten over the speaking yet of the rabbits or is it still weird? I have accepted that in this current corporate environment, they have shifted the rabbits away from being straight up minions to being more like, lovable toddler idiots of varying degrees of intelligence. Okay. I They will never be my rabbits, mm-hmm. but they are the rabbits they are currently trying to market, and if they are trying to differentiate themselves, it's probably the right move on their part. Okay. I, I think they, that game kind of defies the odds and makes the rabbit stuff way more fun than it should be. Well, that's the thing. The Mario stuff in this game almost doesn't matter. And that was true kind of the last one, too. It could be any group of generic heroes hanging out with these rabbits. If there weren't Goombas on the map and Bowser wasn't there, it would not matter. Like, whether they were Mario or not. Now, I think it's fine and all well and good that they have included these characters and given them guns. It's silly, but I'm all for it. But the Mario-ness of it is very low in the grand scheme of things. There's something appealing about seeing Mario mixed in with these knuckleheads, just knowing how protective Nintendo is sometimes of the Mario brand. Yeah. And some, and sometimes not. You know, they're protective, I guess, until they're not, and Mario winds up doing some weird CDI stuff or something. But I feel but, like that's the thing, right? Is that they can't get too in with the, the Mario stuff here because they risk pissing off Nintendo by taking it in any particular direction. So Mario can't do anything but just kind of emote at what the rabbits are doing, uh-huh. and the rest of the characters just kind of stand behind him and do the same thing. Yes, but then you get the rabbits just scooting their butt on the ground all over the place, which is fantastic. They run this show. Yes. It's the rabbits world. We just live in it. Right. Rabbits scooting their butts like they got like an itch or something. They got the scoots. They got the scoots. I, this uh, is... This is like one of those dark horse games that might end up on my top ten this year. Just for by, sure, I mean, by, listen, the first by one was great. Of the fact that I finished it, or I'm going <laughs> to finish it. I mean, listen, uh, just getting through any of these bigger games means that it must be engaging enough, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I also oh, saw yeah. my first character T pose last night in that game. Whoa! Mm, I've not seen oh, one of those in a game Who in a while. It? Who was it? It was a NPC rabbit that I was wow. like about to run up and do a quest for. See, that's weird seeing that in a Mario game still. Like, even even when the Odyssey would chug in places, it felt a little weird. Be like, this is a <clears throat> Mario. Mario's in this game. Well, at least it wasn't Can't. Mario T posing. It was just yeah. some rando, but still, it's the first time I've seen that in a while. I like that game's sense of humor. I didn't, I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't mention it the week that it came out when we talked about it, but like literally the first interaction that you have in that game in the tutorial area. Like, just run up to a rabid because they're all just telling you the tutorial tips for how yeah. to play the game. You know, like you run up to a rabbit. He's <laughs> just like, it's just like people are always saying to me, tilt right stick to move the camera. No idea what it means. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's yeah. Like, it's it's got some good irreverence to it. Yeah. All right, we're gonna wrap up the games part right now. But that's Sonic Frontiers, God of War, Soulstone Survivors, Bayonetta Three, and Mario. Rabid sparks of hope. We're gonna hit some news briefly here. Stick around and then uh get some emails and uh wrap this baby up. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. This week's show is brought to you by Bespoke Post. Alex Navarro. You know I love packages. I mean, I get them all the time. It's always an exciting time when a box arrives at your door. 
It is always an exciting time. Sometimes they open that box and it's from Bespoke Post. And inside that box, like this week, is a knife. It's a, a, you know, a thing I can use when I need to cut things. I think this one, I, this, I've i gotten more than a few knives from Bespoke Post. Are you trying this- to say that when you get a knife, the thing you need to do with a knife is knife? I might have gotten around to say that in a shorter way, I yes. Yeah, all right. Uh, this one was uh, specifically a uh, fishing knife, which means it's got uh, all the things you need to fillet a fish, let's say, or, or field dress a fish. Bespoke Post puts together a box of awesome, and the things inside that box range from whiskey glasses, which I've gotten. I've gotten uh, incense things that I still have and use in my bathroom, uh, and sometimes, occasionally, a knife uh, that'll go inside a kit that is themed because, Alex Navarro, you take a quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories, and each box is valued at around $70, but you're only going to pay a fraction of that price. This is one of my favorite parts, Alex. With each Box of Awesome, you're supporting small businesses. 90% of everything that comes in your Box of Awesome is from a small up-and-coming brand. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel at any time. To get 20% off your first monthly box, sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code NEXTLANDER at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code NEXTLANDER for 20% off your first box. boxofawesome.com, code NEXTLANDER. Thanks, Bespoke Post. And we are back. And this is where the news would go. Not too much going on here, but it does seem like Medium is becoming the place for, I don't know, is it becoming or has it been? I don't really follow Medium too much for the place for uh, those with something to share or go to share it. Oh, yeah. Medium medium is very active. Yeah, it's been... It's been a place to put text on the internet for some time. It's a it is a web log of sorts. Okay. Like I feel like Substack kind of came in and took at least some of the yeah. people who were doing journalism away from from Medium, but That's as a I place remember. to air grievances, it okay. is still a very good spot for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, b- people put up all, all kinds of articles. I think Medium is where I read that post about Netscape that I talked about on the Ramblecast yesterday. Mm, like okay. people definitely just put all kinds of random stuff on there, but yeah, like I don't know. I don't know what it is about Substack that made it become the kind of like place du jour for people doing independent journalism. It's a newsletter format. It lets people subscribe um, to that stuff, and I think they were doing some serious outreach at the the outset of that thing to try and get media people in there to use that as their platform. So we we've got two two things that kind of popped up on uh, yeah. media. This isn't about Substack. We're yeah, not yeah. talking about <laughs> yeah. that. Two things that popped up on Medium recently that we're not going to go too deep into, but if you want to dig in, you should feel free to. One is uh, follow up on some of that Disco Elysium news. And what? how do you pronounce the name of the, the company? Is it Zad? Oh, God. I have never, ever <laughs> gotten this right, probably. So I'm just going to say Zaum. Okay. Is that that's, fun to say? That's how I say it in my head. I mean, it does have that slash in the middle. Yeah. Uh, so some a little bit more on that, but I read the thing or tried to read it at least two or three times, and it sounds like some 
changing of money and investment and who owns the uh the lion's share and the controlling stake in some of that stuff and the basically a sad tale on, on that end money yeah and controlling stake. Basically, this is this is a piece written by uh, their game di- former game director and former art director of the company, and they are essentially saying that uh, there are two Estonian businessmen who bought in to the company that owned the studio that made Disco Elysium, and essentially started icing everyone that was sort of like the main creative leads of the company out once they took control. The two the two business, businessmen in question here are Ilmar Kompas and Tonus Havel. Mm. Um, they bought into a stakeholding uh, position fr- through the company that was originally uh, run by this guy named Margus Linmai or Linamai. Uh, and what they're saying is that once the people at, on the ground that you know the the creatives that worked on Disco Elysium started asking questions and started asking for more documents and financial data about what was going on that is when they were unceremoniously fired and and that um to to trekkie ou illegally used money from zaum studio to become the majority stakeholder it's a little it sounds a little complicated in terms of how that all happened but yeah there are lawyers involved yeah the the claim here i'm looking at a um ign story that kind of summed it up so Kurvitz and Rostov are the um, the ones who posted on Medium, and uh, IGN is saying their lawyers believe this warrants up to three years imprisonment, and Havel uh, is their ringleader and uh, is committing fraud. We are now in the process of reviewing our legal options. Both civil claims and criminal charges are on the table in Estonia and the United Kingdom, says this post. It's pretty heavy. Yeah. Yep. Beyond my pay grade to understand all of that, but you can go check that out on Medium. Uh, mm-hmm. Or if you want to read the um, or or find people that have uh, more knowledge on the subject and are reporting on it. The other, I guess this this was not a long medium post by relative to this other medium post that oh, went boy. up. Um, Brad, can you set up at the can you set up the original context for this Doom Eternal stuff? Yeah, this is this is a big update on the Mick Gordon Doom Eternal official soundtrack collector's edition kerfuffle of I've been trying to figure out when that actually originally happened, but all of the Google searches or Mm. results are just about the thing from today. Mm. Um, I want to say it was probably early last year. If I had to guess anyway, the very condensed version as I remember it is essentially they had promised a uh, soundtrack to ship with the collector's edition of doom eternal. And it was, I think it was some, it was some combination of late and then it came out and people were very unhappy with it. Like the mixing on the tracks was very substandard uh, to a lot of fans ears and so forth. And I think also compared and, with how the original dooms 2016 soundtrack came yeah. around. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, Mick Gordon, the kind of beloved composer of the, of the recent doom games kind of did not, chime in a whole lot about this uh but then id software eventually ended up putting up a big post on reddit that kind of like laid blame on him for the state of that soundtrack uh and he really just never said much about it other than like to answer a comment at one point saying like hey i wasn't very much involved with the mixing of this thing or something Mm -hmm. uh anyway he dropped a fourteen thousand word (laughs) 
opus short it's got chapters it's it's a like a, a massive statement about his treatise. time working yeah working with id on the doom eternal soundtrack that is a pretty scathing uh about from, from what i've gleaned from this what seems like a hellish working relationship um like he makes all kinds of allegations in here that like you kind of have to read it. I don't, I don't even know where to start with it. I've I've tried to go through. I can't get through the whole thing. Or I couldn't get through the whole thing. It is very long. Yeah. Super detailed. The, yeah, like, I mean, he's, he's got and it has receipts. Like, emails, emails, and screenshots of audio mixes and all kinds of stuff in here. But he, he essentially alleges that like they used a lot of his work without paying him. Still to this day, that they announced that soundtrack with his name on it before they had even like asked him about it or let alone offered him a contract to actually do the work. There's there's um, there's a whole bit in there that I actually found kind of fascinating about the quick turnaround time and a lot of that being due to pressure from uh, allegedly from um, Marty Stratton on pre-orders in the UK and how that could breach if you can't deliver the soundtrack on the date that those pre-orders were due they'd be in a huge violation of consumer law. Yeah, they would essentially have to offer refunds on the entire package because they hadn't delivered the soundtrack by a certain date. And he says that he only found out about that deadline about two weeks before it was to was to pass. Yeah, and and that and it comes up repeatedly about like um, the the pressure that that or the again allegedly that this is the reason why we we can't have more time and you need to get this done and you know all of this stuff. And it's um I have to say it's a pretty anxiety inducing read almost because you just. It's really detailed, and there you just feel this really tense back and forth. It, it, yeah, especially as a you know, like a, working as a composer, you're just kind of an island, right? You're you work for an employer, right? You work for yourself. You take contract work, and your career is only as good as your reputation, right? And yeah. Like he really he really paints this. I mean, you know, there are like numerous legal threats against him, but also numerous offers of settlement to keep his mouth shut and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it really does sound like a nightmare scenario career-wise for somebody uh, working in that kind of contract capacity it sounds rough it's it's um, um I, like i said i haven't read the whole thing i i've i've skimmed parts of it i've tried i've read in detail parts of it but it's fairly long yeah i mean he again a lot of screenshots a lot of receipts uh he seems to make a pretty strong case that this is how this stuff went down like i, I have no idea where this is going to end up now because so much has changed i mean microsoft wasn't even in the picture really when all this stuff originally went down. Right. Um, and now obviously they are calling the shots for Bethesda. Um, I have not, I, I, I shouldn't even speculate. I'm no lawyer. I don't know if there are grounds for defamation here or clearly he alleges there is significant unpaid work in the game that they still haven't made good on. Mm. Um, he says, it, he says it, it on a previous game that he does not name for Bethesda that he did music for, they also sold a soundtrack without paying him or even telling him they were going to do so. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of rough stuff in here. Um, but like the, the real gist of it though, is that he has felt like gagged from defending himself all this time while this post has been up, essentially blaming him for this whole situation. Uh, and, and that his so, career yeah. has suffered. Yeah. He, he's, he says his career and reputation have significantly suffered from this whole situation. Um, it's wild. It's unfortunate because, like, I mean, I, I hang out in enough, like, God, I hate to say it, boomer shooter mm-hmm. uh, oh, savvy uh, communities 
that like, I mean, I can say with confidence that, I mean, I use the word beloved for a reason. Like people fucking love the work he has done on the doom games. The last two, Hmm. like he is, he is extremely, uh, or has been well thought of for that work. I mean, again, he says that things have not gone so well for him since this whole mess went down. Um, anyway, his whole side of the story is out there and it seems pretty damning and I'm pretty curious to see, you know, what comes of it from here. So you can catch both of those on medium, the disco Elysium, uh, posts by, um, the, uh, Alexander, the director and the art director. Yeah. Uh, yeah, set and aside then, an evening if you really want to dig into this <laughs> stuff because it's uh it's yeah. it's a long read. Yes, and then they write yes the um, Doom Eternal soundtrack drama, but ill ill shit in the working video game world. Hell yeah, man. Uh, or maybe maybe always ill shit in the video game working world. Maybe just, that ill shit finding some, out. Yeah, I'm 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 always saying this. Human beings ruin everything. It's true. Never get them involved. Ev- everything would be so great if it wasn't for people. Well, maybe you just need to pick the ending where there are no people, Brad. Maybe, mm. maybe. Uh, oh, you mean you mean the one where everyone and their hat becomes some kind of weird <laughs> organic synthetic hybrid? Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Mass Effect. Oh man, Mass Effect Four. I guess is what we're calling sure. it. You literally uh, can't say Mass Effect at this point without I, just going, "Oh man," uh, can you? I don't. I, I feel like I mean I don't think Bioware uses the phrase Mass Effect Four, but like. I feel like that name is extra cutting because it ignores the existence of the extant Mass Effect 4. So, As so the, well it should. Okay. There is a fourth Mass Effect game out there, but anyway. the the <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's some SEO involved in this, but the Kotaku link that you sent over for a sum up of this uh, uh, trailer thing, if you... Brad, do you have it there, the URL for it? Yes. Just read off the URL. Oh, I mean it. like the, the SEO optimized yeah. URL? <laughs> yes. These are all- com slash slash Mass Effect 4 Andromeda Shepherd Normandy Cerberus. <laughs> yep, there we go. It's basically Actually, everything well, you need to know a, about this. Now we leak. have a title for this episode. <laughs> um, Every, so they put up. I, okay, I'm going to say my feelings on this are the teasing that it was kind of cute maybe at first with the poster. I thought that was okay with the Mass Effect poster stuff. But the more we start getting into these knowing winks and leaks where they're putting up stuff that. The the text on this piece of small piece of footage that it's clearly a teaser thing that Mass Effect the Mass Effect account put up on Twitter that said Happy N Seven Day from Across the Stars. We found this interesting footage. You may want to magnifying glass emoji a bit more closely. I really dislike this approach. Mm, I don't know. I don't mind it. I mean, I would never participate in something like this, but I think the people who get off on it really enjoy it as from a that's the right phrasing. That's from from an, from an I love bees kind of standpoint. Like well, this is this is definitely getting into some ARG kind of territory. That's that's okay for that's okay. The thing that okay, everybody on this podcast right now that is speaking is a Mass Effect fan. We have all enjoyed Mass Effect. Yes, in one you made form me into one. I would agree to that. Yeah, we're all a Mass Effect fan. Some of us to varying degrees. I really love the Mass Effect trilogy. Uh, of games i think they steered wrong and got into the woods on andromeda haven't quite recovered i think you got to recover before you try to sell me on your vision with these bits and pieces because i don't 
I don't know whose hands on the wheel at this point. And so for me to get excited because maybe Shepard's back or Liara's is finding armor or Liara's is doing coded messages, man, I don't know what you're going to do with it. I don't have any trust. You're going to do something that's great with it. So that's where I fall off a little bit on the, you might want to hunt around because if I hunt around and I find a thing that's like, you did some dumbass thing where Shepard's alive for some mm-hmm. dumbass reason, that's not going to make me happy. Like, that's not what I want to magnifying glass emoji around to find see to me that sounds like the perspective of someone who was busy launching a company at the time they launched their make good no which was the mass effect legendary edition (laughs) maybe it literally came out like two weeks after we started putting this thing together and by all accounts it was a make good they did a good job on that 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 from all of the, the the observing the reaction to that thing like it did that thing did exactly what I'm sure they wanted it to do, which was make people remember that they loved Mass Effect. Or they like reseeded it because they went and dressed up the the good ones. And all I I, I saw a ton of people basically just memory holing Andromeda <laughs> day by day after that thing came out. If because you, they were playing through their favorite ones again. If they really loved Mass Effect, they would let Shepard rest. Oh yeah, they absolutely should. Like that's, I mean, that's that's the main reason this is interesting to me because there are a couple of details to glean from this. All right, what, what, what do we got? That, Let's dig into what it. that game might be about. Like yeah. I was watching this on Twitter and like clicking random SoundCloud links or, or accounts uh, that were replying to this tweet. They put up an HD video or the HD download of this video, which I thought was interesting. It's like they want people to blow this thing. Up. You don't you don't have to just watch the Twitter video version. You can actually download like a full on. 1080p MOV from EA. So if, if folks and haven't seen it, do you want to describe what that is? It's just, the it's video just a is? very slow zoom in on what looks like a half-built mass relay with some ships flying around it. Like, it's kind of sort of animated. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing about it, when I downloaded it and played it, it was like, man, the audio sounds really fucked up in this. Like, it's got these weird, like, really loud pops in it every few seconds. And it's just like, did they did the audio get corrupted when they compressed this? Like, what's going on here? And then, like, I don't know what kind of audio processing people did on this thing, but they managed to tease out that there was a conversation happening underneath all this noise. Mm-hmm. And then further processing revealed that it made it pretty clear just from listening to it, that it's Liara talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still couldn't make out all of what she was saying. Uh, actually all but one word was pretty intelligible, but then my gamble from Bioware finally <laughs> tweeted the last line of dialogue from this thing. Which makes me think maybe they were like, oh, that's probably too hard to understand. We need to just tell people what it says. <laughs> um, the full thing is, I can find it. The full thing is Liara saying, exactly, the council will be furious, although they, sh- although they should know by now not to underestimate human defiance. Uh, so there's that. And then also this, I didn't put two and two together here, but this Kotaku story also points out that this is a half-built mass effect relay that's painted in the Cerberus colors. So, Liara, Cerberus, and maybe Shepard kind of sounds like they are really going back to the well. All the hits. I mean, mean, Shepard remains to be seen. We'll see. I I, I would add one more thing in here, which is possibly also the Normandy, right? Like, uh, maybe. Like there will be a new Normandy. There will be a movie Enterprise equivalent of new Normandy. 
Oh, uh, well, you got to have a ship. I, I guess I, I guess I can't fault them for that because, like, that's half the fantasy of Mass Effect to me is having your own spaceship and crew. Yeah, totally oh, yeah. Space buds to fly around and have space adventures in. Like, but did you? Uh, is the popular consensus now that that ship flying around is not the Normandy in this little thing? Oh, oh, you're talking about the ship flying. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're talking about. Um, that sure does look kind of like the Normandy shape. Yeah, like hard uh, to say. Uh, it's it's tiny. It's very it's, small. It's, it's tiny. Short. It does. It does kind of look like a Normandy esque thing. Um, uh, I it's just I hard know, for man, me maybe, to benefit maybe, of the doubt. This maybe maybe Cerberus got a whole fleet of Normandies. Now. Normandy yeah. thing. Also, um, how they reconcile how they reconcile the end of Mass Effect is probably the most Mass Effect trilogy is probably the most interesting thing to me. What they pick as their canonical ending, and I've seen some people say like. Well, they they are clearly just going with the um, wipe out all AI, right? Mm-hmm. Like wipe out the AI. Yeah, destroy. This, this, I, yeah. I, I I fully expect they are just going to go. Well, hmm, I think it'd go two ways. I think they could very easily just go destroy, except like, oh, by the way, the Geth and Edie are fine. Like, <laughs> the somehow one hundred percent. I one hundred percent expect if they no, go not destroy, those machines. They're, like, they're fine. Yeah. They're just going to be like, oh, by the way, those like key elements of the Mass Effect universe are still here, oh, it turns me, out. Let me pause you for a second. Let's say, no, you definitely don't start like that, but second act or into the second act, there's a mission to go find some fragment of Edie that was that is saved and you can bring her back in <sighs> some, some, or Legion, yeah, right? No. There's some fragment no. on a drive that is somewhere that is like, oh my gosh, and she or Legion can come back into the game because um joker Only the sharpest of inhales for that <sighs> joker stored some ed somewhere on a on a drive that is half organic whatever happened joker and you are gonna go retrieve this piece of ed i mean it would definitely play into their occasional habit of literally just taking shit from star trek and making their own characters do it because that's kind of what they did with data at a certain point is the what if there was some extra data we just got been put in another thing to try and make more data? <laughs> I mean, they killed Shepard and just put Shepard back together. Yeah. Like, no, death true. doesn't mean anything I, in no, Mass Effect. I, I thought, dude, that's the fucking most amazing, audacious way to start <laughs> that game. Like, holy shit. It's like this corpse drifted around in space for <laughs> two years and maybe like burned up on reentry. But we brought him back. We brought him back. With minimal uh, scarring. Yeah, so... I think that's the part where maybe you're right, Brad. Maybe I missed the free candy of the legendary edition and I should be back on board, but I'm still a little bit like mass effect trilogy. Great trilogy. Let's leave it there. Even warts and all we leave it there. Legendary edition. Great. You want to make a new mass effect game. Don't necessarily give me Liara Shepard Cerberus and just give me don't give me Andromeda. Listen, I know what I'm saying, and I know there's an irony there of like, oh, leave that stuff behind and make this other game. But yeah, this 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 does seem to imply they are sticking with the whole mass all the Mass Effect relays blew up part yeah. of it. If Cerberus is building their own, that that seems like that could be the case here. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean. It's got to be one of those two endings. I mean, the synthesis is right out the window. The, suppo- <laughs> the supposed true correct ending, uh-huh. there's no fucking way they can follow up on that. Like, that's just not possible. Do they uh, Do they come in and they say, nobody knows what happened. The Mass Effect relays just blew up. 
Like, do we just not acknowledge? Yeah, maybe that there know. was a oh, hey, all the, the Reapers just yeah shut down or we, they, wow. Uh, and Shepard's like I I, bl- I blacked out. I don't know or don't Shepard's dead or whatever. But like, we don't acknowledge that any ending was picked. We just say the Mass Effect relays all blew up. I th- the, the, yeah, I, th- I think I think the only interesting way you can put Shepard in this game is to go with control, and then Shepard is <laughs> in this Shepherd. game. Shepard manifests in this game as a swarm of giant cuttlefish spaceship gods. Got it. That that, that like, like combine like, into a shepherd. Oh well, sure. Yes. Like, I mean, okay. I don't know. They already did a giant Terminator once. I guess they could do it again. But like uh, like a like a shepherd that's gone mad with power. Yeah, as, I'd be into as that. The Reapers or something weird like that. I don't know. Like shepherd is like uh, but, also like hooked into you know a giant's is more machine than uh, than man now kind of thing. I sure. like it. Yes. Or, uh, yeah. I, th- I think that I think that ending might say like you'll cease to exist physically and just become one with the Reapers or something. But like on the other hand, I don't even know that I want Reapers because they already did Reapers for three games. You know what I mean? Like I guess I don't know what the fuck I want out of this. game. I don't know either. That's the th- and I that's hope they why know. that is why it's it's not just that I don't know what I want from this stuff is that they have to try and tease out what they think everyone else wants from it. And the thing is, I think if you asked. 10 Mass Effect fans what they actually want from a new Mass Effect, you would get 10 different answers. No one really knows what they want from this franchise because Andromeda salted the Earth, and then whenever everyone went back to the, the, the special edition, you know, the, 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 the remastered versions, they're like, oh yeah, I like old Mass Effect. But also, I don't really want Shepard again, but maybe I do. Like, no one knows. It's a I, blank slate. I know what I want. I'm the yeah. only one. I want... I want Garrus after okay. the effect. I want Garrus uh-huh. and um, give me some like super racist human. That's uh, like uh, wow. Vinny wants racism. Okay, I, I want a super race like a super racist uh, somebody that hates aliens, but not the not the crew member from Mass Effect. Not what's her face, but uh, give me something like that. And I want them on a planet. Uh huh. And I want them raising Garrus. I want the Garrus to have a child. Uh huh. And then I want Garrus to die. Uh-huh. And I want that human to have to raise the child. Uh-huh. But it turns out there's like uh slavers on that planet also and the child gets kidnapped by oh, so good. the slavers and uh the human has to go save uh the child from the slavers. Okay. And I want uh Sounds great. Let's do it. Book it. Lewis Gossip Jr. to play Garrus. Hey, do you want to write the next Mass Effect? Yeah, you got it. Because no one else wants to. I want enemy mine, but I want it with Garrus and my Mass Effect my Mass Effect people. Okay. And a Mako. Congratulations. Mass Effect is yours now. Good luck. Good luck. You think they do a character creator for um, Shepard if he comes back? Or you think at this point we're done oh, doing character man. creators? I don't know. Well, they certainly can't do the save import unless it's from the special <laughs> editions. <laughs> Wait, are you talking about like if Shepard is the playable if, character if Shep- or at all? No, at all. Like if Shepard, huh. if Shepard's in the game at all, can That's you import your Shepard? If I'm making that game and I'm not, thank God, mm-hmm. um, Shepard is in the game, probably, if you're bringing Shepard back, uh-huh. but you do not play as Shepard, because I think that is the worst possible decision to make. But yeah, like, do yes, you bring your Shepard in the game? Straight up letting you play Shepard again is the wrong approach, if that's what you're doing. I'm sorry to say that. Somebody yeah. find out. What's the guy, the voice actor's name? It's Jennifer Hale for the female Shepard. Mark, Mark Mayer. Yeah, somebody just track Mark Mayer and make sure he's not going into a recording booth, uh, coming out wearing a blue harvest hat or something. Uh, uh, I think he does. I think he's like a big theater actor. Okay. All right. 
I let's say I'm curious, but I don't like the TZ stuff. Like I just want to play the game when it comes out. Work on making your your Mass Effect game the best Mass Effect game there's ever been. You just want to know. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with stuff like this in a vacuum. I guess I will say that it's maybe, this is maybe one too many, like, very nondescript teases. Show some without footage. Any, without anything substantial. Well, I doubt there is any footage. I mean, I bet that's a tiny team that's... Uh, Look, Bioware's got other problems right. to solve. Yeah, you're right. Before before they can present a vertical slice of a new Mass Effect. Also, I I suspect at the time that they show any footage from this, the cat's out of the bag, and you will probably, if you're playing as Liara or see anybody in this game yeah. that's not, you, you know, you, you're done. But I mean, just anything more substantial than this, you know, like just any kind of hard detail or yeah. tangible asset would be nice. But anyway, you know what I would like get like. Give me a, make a, well, like you said, they don't have the resources to do this, but give me like a codex app or something for the new game. Sure. Like, oh. Yeah, that would be great, dude. Get that same voice actor. That guy Mm -hmm. is incredible. Yeah. And so just put out, just put out a codex app on the web or, or a phone app or whatever. And be like, just seed, seed your viral marketing with some background info being read by that guy's amazing voice. And like that fills in some like, like. Need to catch up on the Mass Effect universe? Here's all the information like, in this codex, like, or or but I mean, or you know, use it as a way to like tease some some ancillary details about the new. Yeah, state of the no, you can have what happened, doing, right? like what is the event called, the apocalypse event that happened at the end of Mass Effect Three, and have that be a codex entry. Be like in the year twenty whatever whatever, all the Mass Effect relays destroyed suddenly. Commander Shepard was lost. You know, they just have it. Oh, that was yeah, fucked up. <laughs> that was a fucked up event. Um. Uh, the crew of the Normandy was never seen again. Easy, Man, I have easy. straight up, I've straight up sat there and like listened to that guy's like the same passage three times in a row, trying to like dial in the cadence that he's got. It's so uncanny. It's so good. Um, it's so good. I'm gonna make a bet right now. Okay. Not only are you going to end up playing as Shepard in this game, okay. but they are going to try to recreate the Mass Effect 2 getting the band back together structure where you are going and finding all the surviving people from the old Mass Effect, and you got to get the band together for one last ride a la Star Trek Picard, and I bet it's going to go about as well as Star Trek Picard did. Garrus is going to have two eye patches. Yep. Did he have an eye, he had an eye patch, right? He's going to be vaping now. <laughs> um, yeah. You know what? Oh, gosh, you can't do it. There are too many variables. Like, where's Rex? Whose save is Rex in? Do you have to import your Rex save? Is he there? Is he not there? Like, there are too many things. Like, who made it through Mass Effect 2? Yeah. Did everybody die? Did everybody not die? If, if, you, if you were not, say, in a position of having to play new games constantly, and you had time to just play whatever you wanted all the time, you could make, like... Maybe not an entire video game career, but a, a big chunk of one out of just playing Mass Effect 3 over and over with different permutations. Because <laughs> if you ever really start digging into a lot of the choices, like like looking at the defaults they picked, looking at like what the substitute characters are for any of the roles that might be dead yeah. coming in. Like there is like kind of a shocking amount of variation in that game. That's what I'm and saying. Really, you, you couldn't do it. Some really fascinating stuff that they came up with that I never saw because I went into that thing. I played that game once with a quote-unquote pretty much perfect save of full crew alive full paragon run you know what i mean like mm-hmm. arguably maybe the most boring way to play the game but like you know they, they wrote a character a stand-in for like every major crew member that might be dead there or you know they, they had to come up with something to satisfy those plot mechanics uh, and there's some really interesting stuff in there 
Well, we'll find out. Never. I don't know. We'll find out in the far-flung future uh, what happens with Mass Effect next, ma- next, whatever Mass Effect forum calling. No, we we're done doing wordplay with the Mass Effect title. Yeah, we saw I'm how done. that went. All yeah, right, Mass Mass Effect next. Oh my gosh, that's not bad. Uh, okay, it's that, bad, but it's not bad. That's not bad. All right, that's gonna wrap up the news section for today. Uh, emails. If you've got an email, you can send them in to podcast at nextlander.com. That is podcast at nextlander.com. Brad Shoemaker got it's an email correction. or two. No, correction. Wait. It's email this week. What? Cause there's no offense to any other emailers. There's only one email that matters. Okay. Okay. We're a real podcast now. Nathan from Tumwater, Washington. Uh, uh-huh. the master returns. Uh, okay. <laughs> Vinny, any woodworking tips? <laughs> That's a, great. The guy, the guy's just got the knack, man. He's just got the knack for getting his emails read on podcasts. Well, Nathan, any woodworking tips? That's a uh, broad one there. You're going to want to go with the grain. All right. You're going to want to, uh, you need you to get yourself a chisel, a plane, and a lot of spare time. That's uh I've got a I've got a project on the bench that's called The Shelf for Alex uh-huh. and it is a shelf what has two little legs on it for it's going to be for wrestling masks it's basically a riser more than it's anything a, it's else. a riser it's yeah. a riser it's a Paul riser yeah uh it's going to uh so what my plan is for that I'll just say my plan for that is to grab a piece of wood I'm then going to make that wood narrower because you need it seven and a half inches ish. I have to look at the specs, but around yeah, it's there, about, it's about seven and three quarters uh, yeah, deep. I, yeah, and then I'm gonna cut some pieces off and make the legs out of those, probably using a chop saw because I'm getting lazy. And then I'm gonna use the domino I have, and I'm gonna attach those legs to the underside of this piece of wood, and then I'm going to make sure it's level, and I'm gonna stain it. And then I'm going to say, Alex, or I'm not going to stain it. I'm going to put a finish on it. I'm going to say, Alex, here's your riser. And, I'm and it's probably going to be made you. out of maple because that's what I have in my garage right now. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Any tips? It's fun. Have fun with it. Uh, I would say start start with uh, hand tools until you realize you don't want to do that anymore. And then you realize what the power tool is. Anymore. And uh, the most important tip of all, watch your thumbs. Watch your thumbs. Watch those thumbs. I mean, watch and, the and, wood, but also and, watch where your thumbs are. And index finger. Even with hand tools, you don't really mess up your hands and thumbs with some hand tools. Um, and and wear a mask if you're doing like a lot of power tool sanding and uh, power sanding and stuff like that. You don't want to breathe all that dust in. That ain't good for you. That ain't good. A well-ventilated area. Mm-hmm. Uh, do it. And then get into electronics because that's also super fun. Uh, and find as many hobbies as you can. Keep going. They keep making hobbies. You can keep collecting them. It's true. Yeah. Everybody says don't spend a lot of money and buy all the tools, but I can't tell you that. That's um, They're wrong. I would say buy the the best version of the tool you can. Uh, that's what that you can afford because bad tools make the job kind of crappy. Some tools don't matter, some tools really do matter. Um I'm not the one to tell you. Plenty of people to tell you which ones are. That's it. That's my t- that's my tips. All right. That's my woodworking I- tips and chips. Uh, I looked. I looked up what a joist is the other week. Yeah, what'd you I find know out? What a joist is okay. It's, like, it's a cross support beam. Yep, holding up your ceiling and your floors. Uh, yep, joist is a good word. That is. Um, 
when you're laying floor, you're supposed to lay it uh, perpendicular to the joist. Yeah, I believe it's, it's like it's one of those words that sounds like another word that means something entirely different, but uh, then your brain kind of thinks like, "Oh, joist sounds kind of like joint. Maybe it has something to do with like joining things together." But nope, floor joist. Um, yeah, woodworking's cool. Metalworking's cool. Crafting is mm-hmm. cool. You know what's yeah. even cooler? What? Ice having cold. friends that do those things. Oh, it's like having a friend who's got the truck. Yeah. Okay. All year round. You know what's even cooler than that? The support we get from all of the people out there who support Nextlander, who support us, who support what we do, support this podcast, who have gone over to patreon.com slash Nextlander, found a tier that they said, this is a tier that I want to get into. And they join that tier, and that support goes directly to us. No middle. Okay, there's some middlemen there. Patreon does is right in the middle there. No bosses, no kings, no gods. Only only Patreon. Uh, uh, if you support independent podcasting, I've got Nextlander for you today. No, thanks everybody for supporting us. We really do appreciate it. You can go over to patreon.com slash Nextlander, find a tier there. You make it all possible. The streams, the podcast, the many podcasts, all possible by your support. There is one tier, if you so dare, that you can join on the Patreon that gets their names read out. On this here podcast, we talked a little bit about Mass Effect before. We're not just saying we're fans uh, for the fun of it. We're saying we're fans because we have a tier called the Mysterious Benefactor Tier. And I'm going to read our Mysterious Benefactors here right now, starting with Alex's heebie-jeebies of unknown size, John Richardson, Vornak, Vinny's giant booga-boogas, Kelly F., James Smith, Brian Lucier, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Brad's Midsize Hoodoo Voodoo. I just saw Clue again the other day. Clue holds up. Clue's Hell a great yeah. movie. Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, JM, Jerry Lee, Gary Pejke, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, Redacted, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Raz Grizz, tell me more about Alex's soft D, Brian Murphy, Trevor and Adrian R, Kevin Velado, Randy Duax, Mark Allenbach, Andrew Tiebkin, Alex Wu, It's Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Cheek, Andrew Slosky, Michael Jonathan Black, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. Mention Clue in there, if people don't know, because we did Gabriel Knight 1, which had one Tim Curry as Gabriel Knight. The Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. The one and only Tim Curry and Tim Curry doing maybe one of my favorite Tim Curry roles in Clue as Wadsworth. Uh, oh, yeah. No, he's, he's a force in that movie. He's fantastic. I saw a stage production of Clue this weekend. Oh, God, uh, I bet that could be great. It was pretty good. Uh, the set piece stuff was really well done. It was the community theater version of it, and uh, everybody did a really 
enthusiastic job. I know they did fine. <laughs> they did fine. Enthusiasm is really like half the battle with that movie and that story. Oh yeah, it was good. It was good casting. It was good performances all around. We took the kids to it, played some Clue, watched some Clue, and then I showed them the movie of Clue. And it was basically a production of the um, uh, uh, movie. You know, it was you know kind of beat for beat, mostly some changes here and there to the movie. But watch the Clue movie again. A lot of fun. Not the place to talk about this, but. I did not know that movie bombed initially. Uh, yes, I have specifically because the movie. I think of the different endings confused audiences because they were airing each in- ending yeah. individually in a different theater. Bummer. Fun movie. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's show on Monday. Well, Monday. On Monday, we had a live stream, and we streamed. Alex, what did we stream? I. I know. Brad, what did we stream? Scrap mechanic? Yes, more That's scrap right. mechanic. Um, of course, you win. I was just testing everybody. Uh-huh. Sc- scrap mechanic. We returned to the trials of scrap mechanic to uh, bang our heads against, I don't know, mission number 45, 44, 45? Yes, 45. 45. We're getting up there. We're going to do a grab bag on Thursday. Going to uh, check out some releases there. And then Friday, we have left it open Throwing around some ideas uh, for our Friday fun stream. You can join us there. Don't forget, we mentioned the Extra Life stuff at the top of the show. Of course, we have the WatchCast. And folks, if you are listening to this and are on the Patreon, uh, Alex, what do they need to watch to catch up for next week's Star Trek? For next week's Star Trek, it will be the episodes Shore Leave and the Galileo 7. Uh Uh-huh. Uh huh. You can find that watchcast wherever fine podcasts are found. Not the trash podcast, only the best podcast. And you only can the subscribe best. there, or you can get the Patreon feed, which comes out a week earlier on the Patreon. Thanks again to everybody for listening, supporting, and getting out there and donating for extra life stuff, making a difference in the lives of some sick kids. We appreciate it. Thank you, Alex Navarro. Thank you. And thank you, Brett Shoemaker. Yes, indeed. We'll be back next week. Plenty of games to play. I hope you're all enjoying them. Maybe taking a break from refreshing news sites and feeds. Go go, get out there. No, go in there. Grab a controller and go have some fun. See you, everybody. See you next week.